2 Timothy, and I would that you hear what the Spirit of God is saying. 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 3, I'm sorry. We're going to read verses 1 through 5 and verse 7. We read this last week. Again, let me review just a little bit and we'll add to the information. But for several weeks now, and there are other things that God wants us to hear. So I want to try to get to a place where we can move to what he wants us to hear next. But we have been talking about true worship. Someone say true worship. And our foundation was in John Four verses 23, particularly in 24, where God declares, but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. For God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we said that true worship is much more then bowed heads, hands lifted, and bended knees. I have to say that again. Worship is more than heads bowed, being on bended knees, hands stretched out. That's good, but that is not what worship, that is not worship in its totality. When we're talking about worship, we're talking about living a life of devotion to God. That's my time is devoted to God. My talents or my gifts are devoted to God. And my treasures, monies are devoted to God. I'm just a steward over God's talent. I'm a steward over his resources. It's about, it's worship is dedication, being dedicated to God. It's living a life of sacrifice. This is things that we've talked about. It's living a life of sacrifice. Someone say sacrifice. Submission. It's also living in agreement with God and his word. So there's no way I can say I am a true worshiper and I'm not living in agreement with his word. Because worship is denying myself and living for him, his way. His truth, not mine. Are you with me? So it, it's the two. Worship, I would write this down. Worship is not about trying to get all you can from God. Rather, it's giving all you can to God. Let me say it again. Worship is not about trying to get all you can from God. Rather, it's giving all you can to God. Again, it's that self-denial. Now watch this. If I'm giving my all to God, rest assured, you will get whatever you need from God. Are you with me? So it's living a life of effusiveness, a life of gratitude. It's living unrestrained relative to my devotion. I am not going to allow anyone or anything take the place of God in my life. God is first. Nothing else has first place in my life but God. It, I think it's, it's what you guys saying now, God over everything. How about that? God above everyone and everything. Now, you got to remember, we're talking, we've been talking about true worship. The last several weeks, we looked in Corinthians where 
Now, I'm going to say some things repetitively because I want you to get what I'm saying, what Holy Spirit is trying to say. Paul, there were those at Corinth who were being swayed by false teachers. Someone say false teachers. And we're going to see that's where it starts. False teachers. People promulgating a contorted, twisted message. And these people were moved so much so that they began, man of God, to question his apostleship, his authenticity. We need your credentials. What makes you an apostle? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Are you guys with me? So Paul puts it on them. Wait a minute. Hold up. You are my proof of my apostleship. You are the proof that I need, that you need. You knew how you were before you heard the gospel message. So rather than trying to check me, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Let's look at this. Test and evaluate to see whether you are in the faith and living your lives as committed believers. And I said it several weeks ago that Holy Spirit is challenging us to test ourselves, not our salvation, but to see if we are really committed to God like we say we are. Because one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to find it to be true or I'm going to be seen as a counterfeit. <laughs> and see... Much like those who were part of that church, they put it on the apostle. And that's one thing we don't like to do. We don't like to do self-introspections because it's so much easier to blame what I'm going through on you. It's so much easier to blame all of this persecution on somebody else. No, test yourselves. You have. You've been taught. You know the way. As a matter of fact, you are proof of my authenticity. So check your selves. I'm still reviewing. Matter of fact, I'm going to review for a minute. Then we see we went to the warning in 2 Timothy. Again, individuals who are being moved by wrong teachings, false teachings. Now, again, 2 Timothy, of course, this Apostle Paul is his last letter, and he's giving Timothy, this young pastor, some encouragement, uh, and he lists some conditions that are going to exist in the, in the coming days on the word of come, last days, if you will. So he begins to talk about the coming apostasy, people leaving, abandoning the body of Christ. And we see that now, individuals abandoning the body of Christ. You hear? So he incites Timothy to, and I can't say this enough, he incites him, he encourages him to remain solidly grounded. Solid, be solid. Someone say solid. 
So he, re, he reminded him or he incited him, excuse me, to remain solidly grounded as a leader in the Christian church as well as a believer and to endure hardship or sufferings as a result of the persecution that will come because of your stance for Jesus. Are you with me? Now, and we've seen this last week. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time there, but between verses 2 and 5, we see about 18 characteristics of mankind in the last days. Now, the remarkable thing here, because we will point the figure, yeah, look at all these. No, he's not talking about heathens right here. He's not talking about heathens. He's talking about the conditions that would be among those who are professing believers. So even while reading this, it's good to examine myself to see, am I really solid in the faith? Now, throughout the whole book of 2 Timothy, the key verse is found in 2 Timothy 2.14. Out of all of 2 Timothy, and it reads, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly Dividing the word, that, that's the key strip. Be diligent to show yourself approved. Study to show yourself approved. Why? Because without a proper foundation, it's easy to quit during difficult times. Not only that, without a solid foundation, it's easy to be swayed in every direction to and fro. Going about with every wind of doctrine. Are you here? And that's what we see now. People who once were solid in the faith. Who declared Jesus. Now, well, preacher. I... So without a proper foundation, people will find it easy to quit during difficult times. And I say this last week, every believer needs a solid foundation, needs a strong foundation. Let me say it again. Every believer needs a strong foundation. Listen, I only see you at the most a couple times a week. So you just can't depend on what I give you a couple times a week. You have to take it upon yourself to study. As a matter of fact, you, it, why, another reason why it's so important that you study, you want to make sure that what he has delivered to me is indeed the word of God. Are you here? Second Timothy, let's look. But understand this. Come on, let's read out loud. Ready? Let's read. But understand this. Okay, hold on. But it, understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days will be hard to bear for those who don't have a solid foundation. <laughs> tell you something, man. <laughs> I'm either serving or segregated. Do I have to go over that again? Y'all, we already know the difference between serving and segregated, right? Those who are serving, those one who have devoted their time, talents, treasures to God. Those who are segregated or those who may be part, a part of a community of believers, uh, brother Moore, but they're disconnected. They worship isolated. 
You may can count on them. You may not. Are you here? Verse 2, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient, ungrateful, unholy, profane. Do you see this? Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, and unholy. And they will be unloving. Look, devoid of what? Natural human affection. We dealt with that last week. I want to get to her today, but you need to go back and, and meditate on this. Irreconcilable, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control, brutal, haters, haters of good, traitors, reckless. Because He's talking about these are characteristics of those who are called Christians, believers, those who are profession, professing to be believers. Watch this, holding to a form of outward godliness, although they have denied its power for their conduct, for their conduct nullifies the claim of faith. What does it say? Avoid such people and keep away from them. Notice, what did I, what did I say by way of Holy Spirit earlier? Make, make that declaration today. I will no longer dwell among believers who are not on fire. Traitors, reckless, conceited, brutal, gossips. Are you here? Verse 7, always learning and listening. Listen to anybody who will teach them, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Again, the expressing, expressing always learning does not mean that they are continually learning more and more about Jesus. And the word of God. No, it means they're constantly delving into one cult or religious belief after another. And as a result, they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because today you don't know if you want to be a believer or a Buddhist. Today you don't know if you want to be a believer, a Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu. You don't know if you want to worship cows today or serve Jesus. So they never come. Are you here? To the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because you don't know what you want to be from day to day. You in general, believers he's talking about in the last days. Are you here? Notice again, it's what they're hearing that's causing them to get off balance. That's why you have to have a solid foundation. So when the winds come, the rains come, and the floods and it start beating on your spiritual house. You will not fall. Why? Because my house is founded on the rock. On a rock, which is Christ Jesus. But if my foundation isn't solid, great. Not only will it fall, but great. That's why it tickles me when I hear Christians who were once professing Jesus talking some erroneous language now. What ha- I know what happened. Their foundation wasn't solid. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 5. Let's look at this. Watch this. Are you here? For the time will come. Do you see this? When people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction. See, we keep thinking he's talking about heathens right here. 
wanted to have their ears tickled with something pleasing. Tell me something that, that will gratify my flesh. Come in line with this new thinking and belief that I have now. They will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, to satisfy their own desires. Here we go, and to support the errors that they hold. Listen, let me tell you something. One of the dangers of social media, it has given everybody a platform. And just because someone has a platform doesn't mean what they're saying is truth. And you have to be, you have to learn how to get in tune with the Holy Spirit that when you hear, so much so that when you hear something erroneous, when you hear something crazy, he'll check your spirit. Get off that crap. Get in your word. You don't even know enough to keep listening to this. And what happens, if you're not careful, it will knock you off of your spiritual stance. And will turn their ears away from, listen, they will turn away from the truth. Do y'all see this? And will wander into myths and man-made fictions and will accept the unacceptable. I'm going somewhere. They'll turn away from the truth. Sister Georgia May, and wander into myths. <laughs> Stuff man has come up with. You know, man is smart, very intelligent, but it doesn't know more than God. God made man, man did not create God. So I don't care how smart he or she is. It's important that you have Holy Spirit. Because as long as you have Holy Spirit and have a relationship with Holy Spirit, you are the most intelligent one in the room. Hold up. And you should conduct yourselves as such when you hear something that's not in line with the Word of God. Are you here? Verse 5, but as for you, Beloved, he wasn't just talking to Timothy, he's talking to believers as well. Are you here? How should we be? Clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm and cool and see. You cannot stay calm, cool and steady with the rocky foundation. You cannot stay calm, cool and steady and your house is built on sand. You cannot remain calm, cool, and steady, and Christ is not your foundation. But as for you, be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm, cool, and steady. Endure every hardship without flinching. I'm beloved. Study. To show yourselves approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed. See, it, the foundation is solid. Let me tell you something. You could be a baby in the Word, but if you got a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you don't know two good verses, but I know that ain't Bible. God. You so in tune to the Holy Spirit that I, I can't put my finger on it. Give me a day or two. Let me search it out. But I know that's not God. Why? Because Holy Spirit, who teaches you all things, 
will minister to you. I didn't even need, I need not a man to teach me. I know that ain't right. But when you don't have a solid foundation, I don't know. You, I, I, can, I see your point. I don't see your point. Your point is our point. You don't have a point. Are you here? But as for you, be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm, cool, and steady. Endure every hardship <laughs> without flinching. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill the duties of your ministry. Again, false teachers will be the propulsion or the impulse of believers falling away. False teachers will be the propulsion. What do you mean by that? They're going to be the impulse, the impetus behind people falling away. They're all on social media, in the marketplace, in the grocery store, standing on the street corners. So if you don't know the truth and you're not solid, you'll be tossed to and fro. You, you don't know what to believe. Are you here? First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Let's look at this. Who's getting something? But Holy Spirit explicitly and unmistakably declares that in later times, some would turn away from the faith. <laughs> Pan attention. Watch this. Instead, to deceitful and seductive spirits and doctrines of demons or messages or teachers influenced by demons. So doctrines just simply means teachings. So people are going to turn away from the faith because they have given heed or attention to people who are Demonically influenced. Spreading their gospel. Their news. <laughs> Verse 2. Misled by the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences whose conscience are seared with a branded iron, leaving them incapable of ethical function. They're so bent on that their way is right. They can't even barely almost see what you're saying. What do you say? They can't come close. Are you here? Again, in 2 Timothy, the major verse it's found where? 2 Timothy 2.15. Let's look at that again. Are you with me? Seems like if I were you, I need to go study. I need to listen to this word. How much of last week's message have I heard? And I should feel some kind of way if I've engaged hours and hours on social media, which many do, but I can't regurgitate any of what Pastor preached on last week. 
Examine yourselves. Remind the people of these facts and solemnly, solemnly charge them in the presence of God to avoid. Do y'all see this? 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 19. Let's begin at verse 14. If not, I'll read it, Tim. I'm beginning at verse 14. Remind them or remind the people of these facts and solemnly charge them in the presence of God to avoid petty controversy over words, which does no good. Are you listening? Watch this. And upsets and undermines and ruins the faith of those who listen. Watch this. Remind the people of these facts. If you can go above and see what he was making mention of. Solomon chose him in the presence of God to avoid petty controversy. See, again, that's already been promulgated. Petty, you, you know, it's this, it's that, it's this. Listen, before you even try to engage in it, make sure your feet are solid. Oh, man. I don't know enough to be listening to him or to her. Are you here? Avoid petty controversy over words. Watch this, which does no good. Why? Because it upsets and undermines and ruins the faith of those who listen. Verse 15, study. Here we go again. And do, do your best to present yourself to God approved, a workman tested by trial, who has no reason to be ashamed. Do you see this? See, there's, there, there's no... There's, no fear and, and ashamed of your relationship with Christ when you know your foundation is solid. When you know that you know that you know, you're not ashamed and, and, and you don't become timid and bashful and quiet and, and reserved and let somebody just pour their untruths all over you and you act like it's true. Well, it ruins those who. <laughs> Are you here? Study and do your best to present yourself to God to prove your work, work and test about trial, who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of God. Do you see this? But avoid all irreverent babble and godless chatter with its profane and empty words, for it will lead to further ungodliness. It it, listen, it will lead to further ungodliness. Verse 17. See, again, it's going to be the false teachers who were This. And their teaching was spread like what? Gangrene or cancer, one translation says. So it, so it is with Hymenaeus and Philetus. You remember they were leaders in the church who began to promote heresy. Watch this. Who deviated from the truth. See, just because you're a leader in the church, just because you're a believer, doesn't mean that your feet are solid. Doesn't mean that your foundation is strong. See, it's what you do, again, every day with the Father, not just on Sunday. If, if you have reduced your worship to a Sunday experience, you are short-sighted on what it means to be a true worshiper. <laughs> Who have deviated from the truth. They claim that the resurrection has already taken place and they undermine the faith of some. Verse 19, nevertheless, see, the firm foundation. The firm foundation, which 
Christ is late. He's late. Staying sure and unshakable despite attacks. Watch this. Bearing the seal that the Lord knows who he is. See, when that foundation, when your foundation is firm, you will be able to remain firm or strong. Do you see this? When attacked. Why? Because my foundation is strong. Are you here? Let everyone who names the name of the Lord stand apart from wickedness and withdraw from wrongdoing. Beloved, this is not the time for vacillating between two opinions. <laughs> see, the Lord knows who were his. This is not the time to be, to be I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Either, either I, I know I have a relationship with God or I don't. Either I want a relationship with him or I don't. It's not him and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's all him. It's time to get rooted where truth is being taught. And I said this earlier, without a firm foundation, you will be tossed to and fro and carried about with everyone that doctrine by the trickery of men. Why? Because my, 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 my foundation is not solid. And, here, and here's where even cults get people. Because they give you a little truth. And you ride off the little truth, and that's what gets you hooked. But since I'm not solid and I'm not a studier or a student of the word, I'm led astray by a little truth. This is already happening. Believers are falling away. Ask yourself, am I falling away? I give you a chance to do it. I was waiting. I was waiting to hear somebody <laughs> say it. Ask yourselves, am I falling away? Okay, let me do it again. I want to hear everybody. Just li listen. It it's just a question, man. <laughs> see, see, here's where you're gonna be. E either I'm solid, or perhaps I'm slipping. Just like those in Corinth. Either I'm gonna be found as a counterfeit, or I'm. And some are falling away so much so that they no longer identify. We're talking about Christians now. They no longer identify themselves as Christians. They're spiritual now. I don't believe now. I'm just, I'm spiritual. Well, which God are you serving? Well, they're all the same. Oh, no, bro. Hold up. Wait a minute now. They're spiritual. They don't want to identify. People who were once profess, professing Christians, man of God, I'm spiritual now. You know, watch out for people who are calling Christianity a pagan religion. See, there's some nonsense going on. And if you're not solid, ma'am, sir, you'll find yourself Tossed to and 
from. Just let me give you a little bit of this since you're here. Paganism is a designation for non-Christian Gentiles in contrast to Christian Gentiles or non-Jews. So paganism is a designation for who? Non-Christian Gentiles. The word pagan comes from the Latin word paganus, which means a country dweller, a follower of a false god. Christians aren't following a false god. Pagans are those who engage in polytheism. That's the worship of multiple gods. Christians are monotheistic. No, we believe in one God. Those indulged in paganism, they are self-indulgent. They're hedonistic. These are people who delight in sensual pleasures and material goods. Now, we're going to see that they're just like Israel of old. They engaged in pagan worship, just like a lot of people are doing now. But Christianity isn't a pagan religion. And we're going to show you here in a minute. Are you with me? As a matter of fact, after Israel's return from captivity, we find both Ezra and Nehemiah. They, carried, they, they went on these vigorous campaign against the practice of Israelites marrying the pagan women of the land. Which, again, shows you that this is not of God. Not the God that we worship. Because if it was, there wouldn't have been a problem with the Israelites marrying or mingling with the pagan women in the land. If it was okay, are you here? So pagan worship is characterized by those who are caught up in any religious ceremony or act or practice that goes against what God's Word teaches. Are you with me? Now, I just want to show you something since you seem to be interested. 1 Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 7. We're almost there. Am I boring you? Look, look, see, I want you to, every believer should be a defender of the faith. See, see, it's not about being out and calling me. You should know how to defend the God that you serve. Because pastor may not be accessible 24-7 like that. And you may not be able to reach me, but you should. My, so my heart's desire is to teach you so you'll know how to, rightly divide, divide, how to rightly divide and defend yourself against heretics and false teachers and people promulgating an erroneous gospel. So here we're going to find Paul. He, he's thinking of the necessity of self-control, again, having a solid foundation. So he, he begins to reflect uh, of Israel of old, and we see th- this example or his example of Israel of old comes to mind. Now, a couple of things when you read here, I'm just going to uh, get, so when you read it, uh, you'll know. Uh, verses 1 through 4, he reminds them how they became self-indulgent and careless. Okay. So when you read verses 1 through 4, he's talking about how they became self-indulgent and careless. 
So he, he begins to speak about the privileges that they had, okay? Then verses uh, 5, we see the punishment of Israel. And between verses 6 and 10, we see the causes of Israel's downfall. Are you with me? Verse 1, I do not want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud. That's that Shekinah glory that moved ahead of them. And all of them walked through the sea on dry land. <clears throat> in the cloud and in the sea of all, then were baptized as followers of Moses. Verse 3, all of them ate the same spiritual food. Verse 4, and all of them drank the same spiritual water, for they drank the spiritual, uh, from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was who? Christ. Verse 5, yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were uh, scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. <clears throat> Are you here? Or worship idols as some of them did. As the scripture says, these people celebrated feasting and drinking, and they indulged in what? Pagan reverie. So it's not... Christianity is not a pagan or rooted in paganism. It diametrically opposes paganism. No, we are not supposed to indulge in that. That's not who we are. Although there are some who are practicing the foolishness, that's not who we, that's not the God we serve. Now he's referring in verse 7, he's referring to you, you remember when Moses was on Mount Sinai and them folk got impatient and made a golden calf. Not only, not, not only did they do that, but after they made it, they sat around and danced about it. They had a party about it, man of God. <laughs> now, if, 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 if pagans are polytheistic and God says, there should not, you should not have no other gods before me, that can't be right. He's not going to give his glory to another and definitely not to graven images. Are you here? So just real quickly, for those who are ashamed of the word Christian, let, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's close with this. I'm not ashamed to be called a Christian. Are you here? So we want to we want to, we want to explore its origin. Okay? Who first called when the disciples were first called Christians? We want to look at that. What did it mean to be called a Christian? And why were they called Christians? So we want to look at those things. But before <laughs> We get there. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's go to Genesis 4. So what were they before that were even called disciples? What were they called? Listen to the, the scholar, the erudite here. Genesis 4, 25, 26. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore 
a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel who Cain killed. Verse 26. And as for Seth, to him also a son was born, and he named him Enosh. Then men, way back then, began to call on the name of the Lord, or Yahweh, which was or is the proper name for God, the God of Israel. So they were calling on Yahweh back then. And they were called followers of Yahweh or followers of the way or, or those belonging to the way. So those who worshiped God were called followers of Yahweh. They belong to the way. Let's look. All right. Even. As early as the New Testament, first century church, they were still called followers of the way. Are you with me? And we don't even see the term disciple used until Jesus came on the scene, began his earthly ministry, and began to make disciples. Are you here? Disciplined ones, disciplined followers. Now, before his conversion, Saul of Tarsus. Y'all know who Saul is, don't you? Paul. Okay, you do know that much. Uh, no, no, I didn't mean that uh, sarcastically. I'm just saying. <laughs> he was, and let me say this, even with a lot of false teachers, because their, their minds have been seared, they may be sincere in their efforts. But it, when you're in error, you're sincerely wrong. Paul was sincere. He thought he was doing the right thing by persecuting Christians. He thought he was actually working for God, helping God out. But he was sincere, but he was sincerely wrong. Just like you have people who are dogmatic about certain things they believe. Well, if it's not aligned with the word, sir, I, it's, you're wrong. And, and see, and you have to be solid enough where you're not afraid to say, you're wrong, man. Don't you back down, not, not when you're solid. Don't you be ashamed when you know the truth. Am I yelling? Don't you be ashamed when you know the truth. Okay? So let's look at Saul persecuting the, and, and, well, let's read it first. And, and, and the reason why I want to, I'm saying this for a reason, okay? He's, he's persecuting those who belong to the way, okay? Which also indicates that an early label for Christians were called people of the way. <laughs> so people of the way were those who were following Yahweh. Not many gods. Talking about Christ, God in the flesh. The English name Jesus. Who want to be? Are you here? 
or Yeshua HaMashiach, whichever, whatever you want to use. But since, you, since we speak English, let, let's, let's not try to get deep right now. And as time progressed, because we started in Genesis, but as time progressed, you know, they were called saints, believers, brethren, sons of God, children of God. Uh, After the the death, burial, resurrection, the sin, the ascension, the seed of Jesus were called new creations. But during this time, they were still called followers of the way. Okay, Acts, you there? Verse, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Let me give you this. Then Saul, still breathing threats, murder, and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked them, and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that, it, that if he found any, what? Who were of the way. You see how the, the W is capitalized? Any who are, in other words, anybody who are followers of this man named Jesus, where the men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, now, let me say this too. See, the reason why it's good to be solid, so when you run up against somebody who's not solid, perhaps they'll become like Saul, and if you read the next couple of verses, he had his experience. See, that's why you have to be solid. See, because one of us are right and one of us are wrong. Both of us can't be right. Not when you're teaching something against the word. Are you here? Now watch this. Now, this notice how, I, and I just want to share this. In John 14, we see that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Look, so it, when Jesus asserted that, that's why even when he said, I am. See, he was asserting, I am, y'all. I am the Lord God. I am he. Oh, you, you, this man is a heretic. He's claiming to be God. So even when he declared, I am the way, they understood what he was saying. He was asserting, I am. So, the, the, and I'm saying this, this description of Christianity derived from Jesus' description of himself. I am. So it's, a pro, it's an appropriate title because Christianity is the way of God. Oh. I said, some of y'all look kind of, why are you ducking? Christianity is the way of God. Let's look at a couple more examples. Acts 19, 8 and 9, verse 23. And when he went to the synagogue and spoke, see, he spoke boldly. For three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. Verse 9. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way, notice the, the W, 
It's capital. No, talking about followers of Yahweh, followers of the way. Before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples reasoning, da- reasoning, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. Now, verse uh, 23. And about that time, a great commotion rose about the way they were so aggressive in. It, but, but people were getting saved. People were being born again. Now, one more reference, and you can just look at it at your leisure. We see Paul before Felix, again, dealing with the way. That's found in Acts 24, and you can read verses 10 all the way down to verse 22, but just write that down. I'm going to show you two, okay? And they gave you the reference on the third one. Now, let's, let's look at how we got the origin of the name Christian, okay? Now, you got to remember, initially, Paul, he was persecuted individuals. And after the death of Stephen, a great persecution arose, forcing believers from Jerusalem, and they were scattered abroad to various areas. But they took the gospel with them as they were scattered. (laughs) Yeah, you persecuting me, but I'm taking this gospel with me. So I'm still going to promote the gospel, even if you run me out of town. I'm still not going to deny. Let's look at this. Verse Acts 11. Let's read a few verses now. I only see you once a week, so you'll be all right. We're almost there. Beginning at verse 19. You there? Now, those who were scattered after the what? Persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. Someone say Antioch. Preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men of Cyprus and Serene who were, who when they had come to Antioch spoke of the Hellenists preaching what? The Lord Jesus. Verse 21. And the hand of God, of the Lord was with them. And a great number Believed and turned to the Lord. See, again, in the face of that persecution, you got to be solid. One of us going to turn, but it's not going to be me. I know in whom I serve. I'm following the way, the truth, and the life giver. Verse 22. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he had came and had seen the grace of God. They seen the grace because the grace was being, or the grace of God was being taught and was being demonstrated in the lives of those who heard. When he came and seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with the purpose of heart. With the purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Verse 24. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and great many people were added to the uh, Lord. Verse 25, then Barnabas departed to Tarsus to seek Saul. Verse 26, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch, 
So they were first called Christians in Antioch. We're going to see something here. Y'all missed that. They were first called Christians in Antioch. New te- you never see New Testament believers calling themselves Christians. Listen, you're trying to get on me, and that's not a title I put on myself. You call me a Christian. We're going to see why they were calling them Christians. Are you here? So followers, followers of Jesus were first called or referred to Christians, watch this, by the Gentiles of Serene Antioch. So the appellation or the name Christian was given to believers by Gentiles. So it was the Gentiles that designated Christian to those who were believers or disciples or followers of the way. You gave me that name. It's not even a name that I asserted upon myself. You call me that. let's Let's keep looking. So it was given to them by who? Gentiles. Now, in that day, it was common for the Greeks to give satirical or nicknames to particular groups. In other words, they were being sarcastic when they called them Christians, trying to make fun of them. (laughs) So it was common. That's why they called, I think it was the last verse I gave you uh, about Paul relative to falling away. He talks about a sect. See, y'all getting on this sect or this group or this faction called followers of the way. So now you're trying to make fun of me. So the Greeks, it, it, was, it was almost like they were making fun of them by calling them Christians. They were being sarcastic. Now, while the name uh, was not initially appreciated by early believers, it was actually a big compliment. Huh. Why? Because they were first called Christians by the unbelievers that was around them. This is not a name that they gave themselves. They never referred to themselves as Christians. It was the unbeliever that come. And the reason why they gave that name to them, because what they were saying is that these are Christ's little ones. They was preaching Jesus so hard, so up. Uh, with so much energy, so much passion, so much zeal. They kept the name of Jesus on their names in Antioch so much so that the people called them Christ little ones or Christ followers. Why? Because of the lifestyle that they were living. You are just like the Christ that you preach. So rather than getting upset, thank you. Mission accomplished. That's what I'm looking for. That word Christian is the Greek word Christianos. Christianos, it literally means follower of Christ. (laughs) Nothing real deep. One who's a follower of Christ. Of course, it comes from the Greek word Christo. We know that, anointed or the Messiah. But the ending or the suffix that ianos, I-A-N-N-O-S, 
is found appended to a number of Latin names. In other words, in, in Latin language, it's attached to a lot of names on the end, indicating the followers of the person named. So when they call them Christians, they're saying, you are followers of Christ. Little Christ ones. Are you here? So the name Christian literally means belonging to the party of Christ or a follower of Christ. So when someone, so what they were saying, these are followers of the Christ that they preach. Y'all are Christians. Again, at first, they took it kind of, it was offensive. Well, wait a minute, they're actually giving us a compliment. We're preaching him with such great regularity. Lives are being converted that they're now calling us Christ little ones. Oh, man. Are you here? So why would they call? Answer the next question. Why would they call Christians? They were called Christians because their behavior, their activity, and their speech were like Christ. Man, I'm done. Don't look like y'all can take any more. Let me stop right here. No, I'm going to stop because y'all looking like, man, that's too much. That's too much. much. You, you, You wanted the buffet, right? Eat as much as you can. Okay, all right. Number one, number one was what? When were they when they were first called Christians? So we answered that. They were first called Christians by who? The Gentiles who? Of Syrian Antioch. Okay. Number two, we said um the name Christian, we talked about what it literally means. What does it literally mean? Belonging to the party of Christ, a follower of Christ. Okay? So when you're called a Christian, they're saying, minister, that you are a follower of Christ. Watch this now. So when whoever wants to argue with you, listen, sir, I never call it. You never see New Testament believers. Nothing wrong with it. The point is this. You, we, y'all the one started that. Those who were not followers of Christ. Y'all put that name on us. And since y'all put it on us, we actually living, acting, talking like him. We receive it. Appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Are you here? But they were called Christians because their behavior, activity, and speech were like Christ. Now, let me show you something, and I'm close. Look look at the subtlety of Satan. If he can get you to no longer identify with Christ, then. See, see, now he's trying to steal your identity and your association with Christ. Don't call me Christian. I'm spiritual. See, See, now you're trying to, he's trying to take away your identity as being a follower of Christ. Let's close with this one. Now, for those who are being attacked or feel ashamed for being called a Christian, Peter instructs us to not be ashamed if people put that name on you. Don't be ashamed. 
<laughs> you know, Christian, the devil is lying. I am. <laughs> I don't know about you. I know I am. Y'all here? First Peter 4.16, last verse. Y'all ready? But if anyone suffers ill treatment as a Christian because of his belief, <laughs> he is not ashamed. But it's to the glory, but it, it but is to glorify God because he is considered worthy to suffer. In other words, you are doing, you are giving me a great compliment to call me a Christian. Matter of fact, I, I'd rather you call me that than anything else. So when they call you a Christian, son, they're giving you a compliment. What does it say? Put up the regular King James, New King James Version. Let's Watch this. We done. Y'all here? Look, this is, this is not, everything's not going to be jello every Sunday. Matter of fact, y'all won't even get jello here. It's not going to be uh, baby food, applesauce. No, man, this five star. God gets all the glory. This, you're getting five course meal. If you ever been to, what Crystal likes to eat is five course. <laughs> Mr. Hill said, that's the number of grace. In, in essence, he said, that's how God wants you to eat. Five course. Bring out your little appetizer, bring out your little salad. Your little main entree, dessert, and then get your little warm tea or coffee at the end. So if you just going in, they just bringing out all your stuff at one time. <laughs> but if anyone suffers, oh, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, you know, because you are bearing that name. Let him not be ashamed. Glorify God in this manner. Why? Because you are actually, get, you, in essence, what they're saying is that my behavior is like Christ. My speech is like Christ. My activity is like Christ. Thank you for the compliment. Are you here? The disciples of Jesus were so committed to becoming like him that their detractors began calling them little Christ or Christians. See, they, they were so committed to being like him that the others, those who opposed them, called them little Christ. The unbelievers may have meant the term as an insult, but such a name is the highest compliment believers can receive. Our goal as believers is to be little Christ in our words and deeds. Come on, let's get the Lord a hand clap of praise. 
If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.